With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Uh, welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Any of the listeners who tuned into the 2022 Mid-Year Awards. Uh, this is our continuation where we talk about predictions for the rest of 2022. Uh, and if you're joining us and didn't listen to the previous show, one, you should. Uh, otherwise, enjoy these predictions. Uh, I was going to go like spiciest, uh, sorry, least spicy to spiciest. And I'll still try and kind of do that. But I think it's a logical segue, segue into uh, your prediction, Damon, for 2022 so uh go ahead lead us off here this is the second part of our show yeah my big prediction for the second half of the year is that i do believe francis Ngannou will reach a deal with the ufc but it will not be the deal that a lot of people think he'll eventually take i think he will find a way to work a deal to sign an extension with the ufc probably four fights that way he doesn't get too long into his extension and he also somehow books the special rules fight with tyson fury now of course everyone's gonna say you're insane whatever listen Five years ago, I was the guy beating the drum saying there's a better chance we're going to see Bruce Lee's hologram fight Conor McGregor in the UFC than we're going to see him fight Floyd Mayweather. Well, yeah, guess never what? happened. Never happened. I said, <laughs> I said, that's never happening. I laughed when people said it's I was like, it's not going to happen. There's no way. Never. Conor could at least win that one. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I just there's something about like I just there's two parts is why I think this is my prediction. One, we know that Dana at least from all I understand Dana despises Bob Arum. We all, we all understand that, but I think, I think Dana likes Tyson Fury. I think there is a relationship there. And of course we also know, you know, his Tyson's uh, relationship goes beyond Bob Arum, just to be clear. Like he's also retired. Boxers have a different set of rights than MMA fighters. We all know this. So I don't know how much Bob Arum would even need to be getting involved. Part two of that is, it's a special rules fight. They're not saying boxing now. They're saying special rules, whether they're going to use four-ounce gloves. We just saw Tyson Fury's training with Nick Diaz now all of a sudden. Uh, 
I don't know. So the 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 risk of putting your heavyweight champion in there against Tyson Fury is a far less if he's not just in a straight boxing match. Because I think we all agree. I love Francis Ngannou. He's not beating Tyson Fury in a boxing match. Um, it would not go well for him at all. But in a special rules fight, when you add in maybe elbows, you add in the clinch or whatever, there's a lot more that Ngannou could, could do. And, and it's still a big attraction. It's still a big moment. And people would tune in to watch it. And the third thing, I think this is still the biggest thing. Where does Francis go after? If he if he leaves, and let's say he leaves completely and leaves the UFC and does the special match with, with Fury. Okay, he makes $30 million. Amazing. I'm all for it. I want him to do that. I don't think Francis is going to retire. So what else is he going to do? I mean, is he going to go fight? In PFL? No. Is he going to go fight Ryan Bader? And Be- No. Is he going to fight? I know we're all looking forward to the big-time Francis Ngannou Arjun Buller fight. Uh, you get my point. If if he's going to have big fights beyond Tyson Fury, it's in the UFC. It's John Jones. It's the Stipe trilogy. It's, you know, whatever. Other fight, you know, Tom Aspinall. That would be a thing about Tom Aspinall. If he could beat Curtis Blaze, which I don't think he will do. Sorry, Jed. Uh, if, he, if, he beats, if he beats Curtis Blaze... And he becomes an even bigger star in the UK. Could you imagine how big that could be? You know what I mean? Like, obviously, I know Francis is not from or not from France, but that would be a big fight for Europe. I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities. All that goes away if he's gone, though. And there's not many other options for Francis outside the UFC instead of, in terms of legitimate heavyweight talent. So I think when you combine those two things together, I think he re-signs, but I think for only the second time in UFC history, they get some kind of deal done that allows them to have this special rules fight with, uh, with Tyson Fury. That's my prediction. I say it I say it 2022 because we know he's going to be out with the knee injury, so it won't actually happen. The fight won't happen until sure. 2023, but I think they will get a deal done this year. Damon, no love for Aries FC? He could be the face of Aries FC. <laughs> uh, he, could be, he could be the face of a lot of places, but uh, name some valuable heavyweights outside the UFC right now, and that list is mighty short. The list of valuable heavyweights in the UFC is short. <laughs> it's a That's garbage it. division. But he's at least like, look, I'm not saying you're wrong. You probably are right. It would be so dumb. Like, if he signs with the UFC again, it's just so stupid. Go fight Tyson Fury. Get the bag. Get all the bag. Don't give the UFC any of the bag. Try and weasel your way into a fight with Deontay Wilder or somebody else and get another bag. Joshua. And Joshua, something like that. And then go to PFL. Nobody in PFL is going to beat you. Uh, Bruno Lazo is not going to beat you. Whereas like Tom Aspinall could, and then the money train has died or do the much better choice, fight two boxing matches, get a lot of money and then go be a D list actor. It's great. <laughs> it's a great plan. And you don't take a head trauma. It's, I don't know why he wouldn't do that. It's the, it's the most obvious outcome. I, and it's so infuriating that you're probably right and I'm probably wrong. Okay, just to be clear, I'm 130% on the Jed Mishu train for what he should do. I'm just saying what I think will happen. Just, just, or go do the cyborg thing and just pick up other belts. Like, go fight Brian Bader because then you can be like, I'm a two champion and then i'll go get the pfl belt for and a million dollars because i get a free million dollars every year like it just go sign with so many better opportunities in fighting tom aspinall and stipe again could you imagine how quickly arjun buller would sign with aew if francis decided to go to one championship i mean come on now there's not a heavyweight out there that's gonna be pro wrestle (laughs) go pro wrestle i didn't even think of pro wrestling i'm i'm sadly even like less optimistic that 
he gets the like I I'm with the I think he's just going to mention going to resign for, for some of the reasons you you mentioned David like the, the big fights are there and I don't even think the hybrid rules fight even happens like it should but um Stephen well at, what, at, what do you define yeah, yeah. as hybrid rules because like <laughs> literally anything this, that's not like this any- elbow thing ain't happening Damon <laughs> it's it it'll be four ounce gloves that'll be the rule because Fury will still beat his ass with that and they're maybe not gonna some let clinching. him throw yeah. Yeah, they're not gonna let him throw elbows. That so, would be dumb. Steven, you, you think it's God, possible? Out of, out of 10, Steven, out of 10, what do you think the likelihood is of this happening? Both things happening that he resets with the UC and that there is some bare bare minimum hybrid rules uh match arranged by the UC. It's something they've never done before. So I think it's I think it's unlikely, but I don't know. Out of 10, what do you think that both the chances are both those things happen? Eight. Oh wow. Yeah. That's high. I mean, this is I think he's proven that. Certain things are more important to him than, you know, making the brass happy, you know, uh, getting a deal done, um, being a company man. He's, he's, he's gone this far. Why not get this? Why not get further? I think that it's really just a matter of like the split at this point. That's going to be where the, the battle is fought. How much, how much the UFC wants for this privilege? Yeah. And, yeah. I want to believe you guys because, but they never do anything fun. That'd be so, that would be fun. I think I think it'd be fun. Uh, well, so that's how that's a lot. That's why we have Jake Paul. I mean, they've they've left their flank open. We, we we're we're lucky in a sense. We're lucky and unlucky in a sense that UFC is no longer this shiny new thing. Like the, the UFC has now become this very stale product in many ways, and that's what's allowed a lot of their competitors to get into the market, saying, "Hey, look, we're just different." You know, BKFC is a, a great example of this. You know, we're we're very Fight fortunate circus. in a way. Yeah, Dana, Dana, exactly. Dana loves to Dana loves to pretend that the UFC is above these kind of weird, fun, creep, weird, hybrid, freaky things we're seeing here. But I mean, they brought they in si- James Tony. They brought in James Tony. They brought in CM Punk. I mean, come on, like you're I would if Jake Paul wasn't so 110 percent against the UFC without a shadow of a doubt, if he said I want to fight MMA, they would sign him tomorrow. Without a shadow of a, they would sign him to. If he was just a social media star and a big, and he had had those wins over Woodley and all, and he was everything, but he had not been anti UFC. If he had complimented the UFC and said, "I want to go," what they would have signed him yesterday, one hundred percent. And Logan Paul, this, so all this highbrow, we're above that is BS. We all know that. You know, they signed Kimbo. They signed, you know, they signed well, the a guy. They, between they signed, signing one. Pe- there's a difference between signing one person and building your business around it. Yeah. And, and the, they haven't built their business around Kimbo no, or CM Punk but they're or not any of these other it. guys. They're, they're certainly not, not above it. it. And yeah, that's why also, I said this one example, like they'll, they'll do this one thing. And cause also real quick, I'm sorry. One, one thing, the alternative is what they're going to let John Jones be heavyweight champion. I mean, do they really, I mean, is that an, any less of a headache for them? If he becomes heavyweight champion, Stipe is like basically two fights away from probably retiring and they've not enjoyed dealing with him either because Stipe has stood up to the UFC and they've threatened, they threatened to strip his title away like 19 times while he was champion. So who else? I mean, Tom Aspinall is probably their biggest hope because he's undefeated in the UFC and he's looked great. But again, they're banking on, are they banking on John Jones being the future of the heavyweight division? I no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in Ghana's biggest problem is he wants a better contract, not because he's a problem child or because he's a bad guy or any, none of that. He's just, he wants a better contract. He's the best option. Like drop. I was going to say, like, I, gosh. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, like, when you put all the options on the table, Francis is the best option. Let's be honest. 
Well, I, this, this is kind of a, this is kind of a weird saying. I was going to say, listen, that this is this is there's a reason that we missed this one of the, one of the best moments, and uh, how like the ways it can unfold could be even more kind of mind blowing, and we hope that that's the case. Uh, but uh, again, some of us like my. Myself, I think it's just going to become status quo at the end. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Now, like I said, I want to go sort of, uh, let's go to something a little less spicy. And I think someone that all of us might be close to like a 10 out of 10 on the likelihood of this happening. Uh, so Jed, why don't you tell people what is your uh, bold prediction that will occur in the next six months? Uh, Valentina Shevchenko is going to become the UFC women's bantamweight champion, become the second woman to have won belts in two divisions and firmly entrench yourself as the greatest female fighter of all time. How is she going? Are you saying she, she, uh, Pena beats Nunez and she fights, uh, either way she gets the winner of this fight. I don't, if, if Nunez beats Pena, they're not going to run back a trilogy just because one, I doubt there's going to be a huge call for it unless it's some kind of a weird robbery or something like that. And it will just be Nunez course correcting the upset. Like they didn't run back a trilogy with Sarah and, and GSP after GSP beat Sarah. It was like, oh, yeah, we got past the hiccup. Now we're back onto the, the path we want. Um, and if Pena wins, then obviously she needs somebody else to fight. And Kellen Vieira, you know, maybe had pole position, but the way that that fight with Holly Holm went down, I just don't think that that's going to be a fight they're going to go for. Instead, Valentina Shevchenko is the number one pound for pound female fighter in the planet. She already has a win over Pena. I think that they just booked that. And I think that Shevchenko beats either woman in a rematch. She pretty easily defeated Pena the first time. She obviously has two losses to Nunes, but uh, that second one, very close fight, very competitive, easily could have gone the other way. And you'd say a lot about that in the first one as well, even though that was only three rounds. And since then, I, I think we're clearly seeing that Amanda Nunes is going to, this is the start of her decline. Now, how long she can still stay at the top while declining is a question, but I don't like it when fighters leave their longtime camps, um, especially when they leave it with at least a little bit of acrimony. I, I'm, you know, I don't know exactly, but I know that she wasn't super stoked with the whole Kayla Harrison thing and how that all shook out. Um, and I think that she's just been fighting a while and this is, we're going to start to see the downtick and we've never seen a downtick tick from Shevchenko. She's the best fighter I've ever seen. So uh, yeah, I think she is going to, the UFC is going to find it in their interest to try and get her a second belt. And she will get that opportunity after she runs through uh, Tyler Santos and then she's going to get it. Steven, I thought I saw you nodding along with Jed's thought. It's possible. It's possible. I was not. <laughs> uh, like I said, I, I'm I'm in agreement pretty fully that uh, there's multiple. Oh, I guess two scenarios. Um, uh, well, I think only. Well, I'll say I'm a little more specific than Jed. I think Pena. This is my pick for now. I reserve the right to change my mind when the fight actually rolls around. I do think <laughs> Pena has a good chance of beating Nunez, and if Pena beats uh, fights Shevchenko, I just don't see how she beats Valentina Shevchenko. So that's why I'm, I'm very much in agreement with sort of this prediction. I'm, I'm, I'm in a nine out of 10 only because I think there's a chance that Nunez beats um, Pena. And I'm not as sure as Jed is that Shevchenko beats um, Nunez. But anyway, uh, Stephen, how about you? Are you nine out of 10, 10 out of 10? Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that Shevchenko meets Pena. I, I think the same thing is going to happen. 
Um, the, the real X factor here is what happens in Nunez versus Pena. If, if the decline is, is real and how far she falls, I, mean, I tend to go for Pena's younger than Nunez, right? I believe so, yeah. I tend to go for the younger fighter. If the younger fighter has won the first fight, usually in rematches that happen very soon afterwards, I mean, there's not a whole lot of time to do a, a lot more. So I just tend to pick the person that, that won the first time. Um, I have I have no argument against Valentina Shevchenko being bantamweight champion <laughs> at the end of the year. She's she's a juggernaut, and it's hard to argue against that. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Damon, is this is this the most Bullet surefire? Train? Woo, woo. <laughs> is this the most surefire? If I if I said for sure Valentina Shevchenko was going to fight Juliana Pena, would this be your like number one pick for? Well, if I had to bull, you know, put a pun not intended bullet uh, to my head. Uh, you know, would <laughs> would this be your pick for? I think she can pull it off. Yeah, I think the only the only X factor is timing. If something happens where, let's say, Juliana Pena wins but like breaks her hand and she can't fight again in twenty twenty two, that's the only like that's it. You know what I mean? Like Valentina Shevchenko is the best fight, the best women's fighter on planet Earth, pound for pound, not a question. Um, I know we all know Valentina from interviews. I've interviewed her dozens of times. That woman is the picture of focus. She never looks at anything as less than the most dangerous opposition in front of her. She never looks at anything as like, I don't need to worry about this person. She's treating Tyler Santos with the same intensity that she treated Lauren Murphy is the same intensity she had for uh, Yuana and Jacek and on down the line. Um, obviously I think we all agree. Amanda probably looked past Juliana the first time she did not look, I mean, she just came out there and looked like she was just going to run through her and it didn't happen in that first round. And then she just had nothing left in the second. Um, and I agree that when you freak out and change training camps right after that, it's a little concerning. And, uh, is this the beginning of the decline for Amanda Nunes? It may be. I mean, she had a great run. She had a lot of fights of featherweight. Then all of a sudden she goes back down to Bantamweight. Her gas tank is zapped. All these kind of things. I think Valentina Shevchenko could be a three-division champion because I think she could go up and beat Amanda Nunes or uh, Juliana Pena, and I think she could go up again and beat Amanda Nunes at featherweight. Um, <laughs> That's my only question is, will they will they just fold the featherweight division next year, or will they, for the sake of symbology, let Shevchenko yeah, try yeah, to be like, the first ever? Oh, you got to give her a shot. You, what, why take the featherweight division this far? Like, why like, string it along only, this long if not to give her that shot? The only thing Shevchenko might not be able to do right now is, is, be, and I think she could. I'm saying, like, if she could, the only thing she can't do right now is take the title from Carlos Sparza because I don't think she could cut enough weight to get to 115. If she could make 115, she'd be a four-division champion. Yeah, like, I don't want to see that. I don't, I don't think she could do that. that. But Valentina yeah. is is the best. She's the best. Uh, and yeah, I don't like. I I think she has. I think she. I think she beats Pena uh, handily. And I think if she gets a third shot or even a fourth shot at uh, Nunez in the long run, I think she wins both those fights. I just I'm. 100% on, I'm riding the Chevy truck. I'm 100% yeah. on the, on the Shevchenko train. I have, I have jumped on the bullet. Well, I've been on the bullet train, but I'm 100% like, I'm going to help. I'm going to help Jed navigate this bullet train. L listen, this, this, this seems like a pretty safe pick. It just seems dependent on what happens with the Pena Nunez fight. And then, um, uh, will the UFC give her this opportunity? So, I don't uh, like that I have the least hot takey of the. Predictions. I was surprised. I, I was a little surprised, but but I get it. Listen, you, I you, thought it was a. I thought it would be a little spicy, and then everybody was like, "No, nah, that's probably going to happen." I, was like, oh. I think I we all kind of agree. I think we all kind of agree. Like, came up. 
I think it really, honestly, I think all it comes down to is Valentina is like whether she wants to do it. Like it real, that's yeah. it. Like that's really it. Like and, maybe if Antina White, Antina White, he's kind of been. And she's a company woman. She's the definition of yeah. a company woman. Like, yeah. If Misha, if Misha Tate beats Lauren Murphy, and I'm not saying she will, but if she yeah. does and she looks really, really good doing it, that's still a big fight. I mean, yep. I think Valentina, you know, I think Valentina steamrolls everybody, but I mean, that's still a relatively big fight. Misha Tate's still a big name. And the UFC can say, hey, before you go to Bantamweight, you know, we want you to do, you know, the, the Misha Tate fight. That's the that's basically what's going to prevent her is is that. See, I, I just feel like she I think that that's totally possible. I think the most honestly, the most likely prevention for this to happen this year is that Pena wins and is just like, I want to fight that woman because <laughs> that's a reasonable response from her. But Fine. like she should be bigging up other challengers. She'll be like, yeah, she'll like no, right Kellen now. Kellen that Kellen Viera is just a monster. Suddenly, suddenly she'll be like, you know what? I want to go to featherweight now. I really want to take that other belt from Nunez. I really want to do that. That's that actually almost a hundred percent what she will say if she yeah. wins the rematch. And should. And, and should, should for sure. I think though, for me, like, I think there is. Shevchenko said she spoke with Ariel. She said she wants to. You know, she's going to weigh it out, judge it. But I think if you say, "Hey, come take the bantam weight, and we'll let you defend both titles." Uh, then then the Tate one makes sense because, again, Vieira probably needs another win before she fights for the belt. So if she goes oh, yeah. and beats Pena to get her second belt, then she can drop down, fight Tate. Then she can move up, fight you know whoever is, has established himself and, at Bantamweight mm-hmm. because Bantamweight has five fights a year. So it takes a while for a, a true a true contender to emerge in that division. To add to that, Bantamweight has five fighters also. So, you know, there's there's like uh, literally- Bantamweight like, has like 30 contracted fighters, Damon. Okay, Featherweight five has like matter. five fighters. Five to matter. Let's just go I there. Wow. I don't even think Featherweight has five. No, okay. I'm saying Bantamweight uh, has five. It depends, how, it, depends how <laughs> gen- it depends how generous you're being with classifying someone as a Featherweight. Okay. Yeah. So it's, uh, if you cheat, there's five. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, 
Atlassian software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Uh, I, okay, I, I want to get to my prediction, but guys, I don't want to dwell on this one too long because it's going to lead to this whole other discussion that has just been beaten to death. And I finally, I'm only bringing it up to kind of make my statement like a clear on this. All right. I think, I think it's very possible that a major promotion, specifically, I'm going to say Bellator slash Showtime MMA, is going to try to do an event with open scoring. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we've kind of mentioned a bunch of times, we've taken some like weird side shots at Bellator about how like other promotions have passed them. We said Eagle FC, I think people would say PFL. PFL certainly loves to send out PR statements saying that they have uh, surpassed Bellator. And, in, and it, honestly, in some ways, in some ways they have maybe in the eyes of the public. So if you're Bellator, you need a bit of a, you need to juice something up. Now I'm not saying open scoring is going to like, oh, you know, my, my, my mother's going to hear about open scoring. Be like, oh, this sounds great. I'm going to check this MMA thing out. But it'll build, add a little bit of intrigue, a little bit of buzz to a card. And I want to say, I think anyone who knows me, I've been an advocate of speaking against sort of like uh, open scoring being this cure-all for judging problems and whatever other issues people have with um, how fights are scored. But I will say, but, but I'm not against it being implemented. I think it's cool that Invicta did it. I think it's cool that um, people have kind of taken some data from there and used it to support open scoring, though I think that like the raw data is extremely unreliable and small. Um, but that's sort of my opinion on that. Uh, but I would love to see a promotion like Bellator try it. I think it's fine. I, I agree with the very fundamental case um, that uh, Casey Lydon has said, Ariel Hawani. It's just kind of good information for the fighters to have, which is true, which is true. I think there's no argument against that. Could it screw with a fighter's head? I mean, maybe, but in the middle of a fight, guess what? There's like a hundred different things that can screw with a fighter's head. So open scoring, if you want to add it in, I don't think you would blame it. I'm sure maybe some fighters would start using it as an excuse, but again, they have a hundred excuses already. So I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. And I think it will happen. I think Bellator is just going to try to, they see the conversation. They, 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 they're, you know, they have, they've run a quite a few, you know, they've run a lot of cards other than, other than the UFC in North America, they run the most cards. Um, so give it a shot, see what happens. I think it's possible. I think Scott Cook would be cool with it. And we're going to continue having this conversation anyway. So why not, uh, why not have a major promotion, take another shot at it. Um, otherwise it could be the PFL because, you know, they have the smart cage. And I think well, that thing could could really like figure out a lot of the math and fix things and and they should be told the 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 uh, fighter performance FPR fighter performance rating. Oh what, is it, what is there? What's that? The they should be told should that. Just be the one, the thing that determines. We get rid of judges and replace <laughs> with the smart cage because the smart cage feels <laughs> everything. It's got laser be- invisible like lasers well, that are like analyzing the fighters that we don't see, and it's just like at the end, this this fighter is the red corner is the winner, and then there you go. Not to not to rain on your parade, but the other X factor you got to deal with here, AK, when you talk about mm. open scoring, is the commissions. Like the commissions yeah. have to go for, for this, sure. and I don't think Bellator is going to be going to Kansas anytime soon. So yeah, I think they, that's the other issue you're going to deal they with. Run Connecticut, come on, Mohegan Sun Arena, Mohegan Sun, whatever. Let's, let's, I don't they think, make the rules I don't think we're going to see open scoring in any major promotion ever. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Uh, the only one that I could see it potentially happening is, P- is PFL, only because PFL loves to inundate you with stats. They love stats. Yep. That organization. Listen. I swear to God, there's going to be a point where their their bottom ticker is bigger than the fight itself. It's going to be like the entire entire screen is taken up by miles per hour stats and like all these other things that's no, the only, I, I 
Damon, that's not going to happen because again, <laughs> PFL is about to come to Atlanta and I'm finally going to pitch them on the damage bar, which can get rid of all the other stats. <laughs> no, the best guys, idea in the history of the I story. am all for open scoring. If it, we're not talking about the judges' scores, we're talking about fighter performance rating. I want the fighter performance rating to be there. I want the coaches to go like, oh man, you were only a uh, you're only a 72 in that round. Sorry, it's the smart, the smart cage. <laughs> you're only a 72. The smart cage doesn't lie. Saber message, That's- baby. Yeah. And it's like, I, and then the fight will be like, yeah, I know. I kind of only gave like 70%. Like the, the, the cage was right. I'm saving, I'm saving I mean, my 80%, 90% efforts for rounds two and three. That's the kind of discussions I want to see happening. During we've argued, game. we've argued for so many years about how flawed the 10 point must system is for MMA. We've argued for years about the scoring. I mean, they've improved the scoring criteria and yet it still yep. doesn't get followed like half the time. I know. Uh, all, so, but, I'm, but my, so that's what I'm like change hardly ever happens in this sport. We've talked about we've talked about mm. knees to the head of a grounded opponent since i started covering the sport 20 years ago mm-hmm. and that only rule, and the only rule that's ever really changed is now in certain areas you you don't have to have you have to have more than one finger down for it to, i mean come on like things move at like a glacially slow pace in this sport and for people to actually embrace open scoring in a major promotion and major like Nevada, California, come on. Andy Foster, he said he doesn't want it. He said on the MMAR, he doesn't like it. He doesn't want it. He's like, I may be open to it for an amateur fight. It is never happening. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen. I'm not saying and, it shouldn't happen. I'm saying it's not going to happen. And, also, and look, AK, well, you said it. You said it happen. yourself. Like, mm-hmm. what? Are, who are we doing this for? Like, we're not doing it for your grandma. Like this isn't gonna. This isn't like the equivalent of a new star coming in. It's uh-huh. like it's not. If it's not going to help or change the bottom line in a positive way, then why would they do it? I mean, at the, at the very least, they can say, "Hey, look, we're doing something the UFC isn't doing." Or if their marketing team is even smarter, we're doing something the UFC is afraid to do. What are no, they hiding? PFL's they hiding argument. That's been PFL and Bellator's argument. That was Be- Bjorn Rebney's argument for so Mexico. long. Like, the tough, the toughest tournament in sports. You know, <laughs> PFL. You determine your destiny. Also, How's that working out for oh, you? Oh, I'm not saying it'll work. I'm just saying, as long as there's a new quote unquote gimmick make, to be tried. Can, can I make a side? Can I make a can I make a side? There's no gimmick. Listen, listen. We're we're way past gimmicks. There's no gimmick. Stars, stars are what drive the business. This is pro wrestling with real punches. Get used to it. Do you want to? You want to hear? I mean, this dude's doing grand prix. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear more? Do you want to hear a more? Do you want to hear a more likely prediction for Bellator slash Showtime MMA? I'll make it right now. Here's a controversial one. This is going to stir some problems. I'm going to get a message from, from from some people about this one. By 2023, the face of Bellator. Because he's far more uh, reactionary and far more um, uh, willing to add, he's far more adversarial. By 2023, the face of Bellator MMA will become Steven Espinoza. Scott Coker will fade to the background. And I wow. say this because Espinoza has no problem going at Dana White. Espinoza has no problem battling with people on Twitter. Espinoza has no problem speaking his mind. Coker's not that guy. I love Scott. I'm not saying anything bad about Scott Coker in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying he's Unless not that you're guy. Unless you're Logan Storley and well, you botch their, their yeah. London card. Yeah, but he doesn't. That's not Scott Coker's business. If they're if they're going to get adversarial with the UFC, Steven Espinosa is going to be the face of that. I'm just saying. So and within, you said this is your 2023 prediction. By yeah, the end I'm of saying 20, by 20, okay, Save Steven, this for the end of the year. Save yeah, this when they want to do it. Watch. That's going to be the face okay. who battle, who fights that battle because it ain't going to be Coker. All right, guys, I want to get to our, what I feel is our spiciest prediction. Uh, now, Steven, it now this man, sure. now this man 
woke up today and saw saw a story published on MMAfighting.com and then chose violence after uh, with <laughs> there was there was inf- you know he didn't pull this out of nowhere. This was based on a quote, a little a little interview that someone did with TMZ, giving some juicy you know headline fodder. Stephen, what is uh what's your prediction? Let's close clo- send us out a banger here. Uh, the banger. This is a this is a down note as far as I'm concerned. I'm basically <laughs> saying. And it's and the only reason why I'm predicting it is because it's dumb and it's because it's really dumb. It's probably going to happen, which is Nick Diaz will fight Kamaru Usman, who will then hold out for a new contract that includes boxing. He will follow Francis Ngannou one way or the other uh, and uh, be the next crossover guy. The depressing thing is the fact that Nick Diaz could be fighting again at all. He should not be fighting. He is well past his prime. He should not be taking any more head trauma, but he is uh, still a bona fide star in this business. He still moves the needle. And if he wants to come back, some manager will get him back in shape and, uh, and get him in the cage. Um, And Usman, I don't, you know, he's, he's already proven he's, he's beaten the top guys already. Uh, and Leon Edwards is is the next logical guy. Kamzat Chemaev is is also a logical guy, but per, perhaps maybe not right away. Um, so, in, in my humble opinion, he he doesn't really want to do that right now. He'd much rather go get the big back, and that's where this is, you know, this Canelo stuff is coming in. He's not going to fight Canelo. Um, unless you know Canelo some you know slips on a banana peel and you know completely screws everything up um, needs a, a career resuscitation, which is hard to imagine because he's Canelo. Um, so yeah, I, I just, uh, <laughs> there's, there's this depressing, you know, inevitability that I, that I see coming down the road when I see these quotes from, from fighters like Nick and the only thing really to stop them is athletic commissions. And so since those are such, you know, your mileage may vary, I can, I can see this happening. Okay, well, what a great, uh, what, a, what, a, right? what a great, what a great, I did not want to do this. I hate right, predictions. So got, no, I know. Yeah, I listen. hate predictions. Full disclosure, you put Steven in a very tough position. We, <laughs> we did, we did kind of say, hey, you know, give us a little, give us a little something crazy. And, and look, Steven, it's based on real world news. That's what we do here. We don't choose the stories. You don't choose your predictions. You have to, you have to read the tea leaves. Yeah, my a, predictions choose me. That's, and the, that's, the, the prediction shows you. And this was a very compelling interview Nick Diaz did with TMZ, where he was kind of like half signing <laughs> autographs on one side and half like kind of talking to this cameraman the other side. Okay, maybe not ideal interview circumstances, but who are we to judge? Uh, but uh, I mean, look, that's it, basically it, every TMZ interview, <laughs> by the way. Okay, okay. And again, I'm not criticizing. I'm not criticizing any of it. All right, TMZ, whatever. Uh, but the spec, the spec of it is out there. The quote is out there. It's in the headline. They, they specifically asked him, hey, do you have anything to say to Kamaru? And Nick says, yeah, I think I can beat you. So there you go. It's out there. It's framed without context. It is there out in the universe. Just need one spark to start a fire. AK. That's it. Jed, do you love it? I mean, do you love this prediction? No, you, that, that's, I, I mean, that's, I, I, love I think I can beat you. Narrator's voice. He couldn't. <laughs> he could not. I mean, I love, I love the moxie. Uh, I also think it's not impossible for this to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate that that's true, <laughs> but this is a sport in which we spend a lot of our personal time and energy. Sport so, in quotations, yeah. In, yeah. This circ- in this circumstance, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know, if you're Kamaru Usman, it makes sense. Look, the point of prize fighting, we say it all the time, you want to get the most amount of money for the least amount of work. That's really the point of any job. 
So listeners out there, unless you are save, literally saving lives, do as little as you possibly can and get the biggest bag for it. And for Kamal Usman, that coincides with fighting either Conor McGregor or Nate or, or Nathan or Nick Diaz. Any of those three <laughs> going to be right there where he wants. And it also means he doesn't have to fight Hamza Chimaev. And that seems if I had an opportunity to get a big bag of money to like go for a walk or fight Hamza Chimaev, I would take the big bag of money and the walk then fight Hamza Chimaev. I think that's reasonable. I think it's crazy right now. I'll say it right now. I think there's a chance. I still, th- I know, I know Jed disagrees with me and that's fine. I still, I truly believe at this, unless he just completely falls apart or falls off. I still think Kamaru Usman beats Hamza Chimaev right now. That being said, he should fight him right now. Could you imagine, could you imagine a three fight run for Usman where he beats Leon Edwards, which I think he will beat Leon Edwards. He beats Nick Diaz. He beats Conor McGregor. And then he just walks away and just, I could see <laughs> it happening. 100% could see it happening. Don't because- say that. Don't put that evil out there, Damon. I'm Martin. saying that's t- tell me right now. You you could not see that happening. I 100 percent could see that. It beats Leon, beats Diaz, you. beats Connor, and then just walks. Why would you? I'm. I that's apologize, listeners. Happen. This is that's very upsetting. This portion of the show has been very upsetting. And he's going to claim to be the greatest welterweight of all time, and it's going to drive me insane. And it, also, and let me be clear: GSP it's not. Back. It's not. Be, he. He. I think he beats GSP. Uh, it's not because Usman's not willing. I'm saying this is the time where Usman wants to get paid. And again, could you imagine an easier way to make nine figures, or not nine figures, to be eight figures? Um, let me slow down that nine figures, eight figures, than fighting back to back fights with Nate, Nick Diaz and then Conor McGregor. I mean, come on, like who's who's gonna say who's gonna who's gonna deny? Like if he had that option, who's gonna deny him that? If those realistically, if those opportunities realistically came up, there's zero chance he says no. Zero chance he says no. Uh, Let me end with this real quick, guys. Very, very quick, very quick. Who's more likely to be in a straight boxing match in the next, by the end of 2023, over the next 18 months or so? Who's uh, just just boxing? None of this hybrid rules bullcrap. Franson Ganu or uh, Nick Diaz? Uh, I'll go to you first, Damon. Uh, It's going to be Anderson Silva versus Jake Paul. And Anderson Silva is going to knock him out. Uh, But. I'm. You want me to take odds on Nick Diaz or Kamar Usman? Who is it? Who's? Who oh, sorry, no, sorry. Fra- Francis Ngannou or Nick Diaz? Fra- Francis Ngannou or Nick Diaz boxing? Just boxing in a pure boxing. I game. mean, I guess pure boxing. I'll go odds and say Diaz because I guess like he could technically talk the UFC into releasing him because I could mm-hmm. see that being a, a thing maybe. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's. I don't. I don't think. And we already know Fury's not going to box again. He's not. You know, he's not going to come back for that. I think he's going to do the Floyd Mayweather route, where he gets in these weird exhibition bouts and makes a lot of money. Good for him. Um, so yeah, I guess Nick Diaz. If you're, if you're really forcing me to pick one of those two. Oh, I uh, am. Yeah, I'll go with Nick Diaz. Jed. In Ganu, very clearly. Um, one, I suspect that when he fights Fury, it will just be a boxing match anyway, because. Hmm. Nganu doesn't care and Fury has all the power and making it in a cage or whatever is not really going to do crap to change change the stakes here. Uh, but also, I said this before Nick Diaz fought Robbie Lawler the second time, a fight which I'm still not entirely confident happened and isn't just some sort of weird fever dream. I will believe Nick Diaz fights again three days after Nick Diaz has fought and I can (laughs) confirm it with video evidence that he in fact stepped in a cage. This man is the, is the premier seller of wolf tickets in the history of, 
of combat sports, frankly. And uh, I mean, for like seven years, like, yeah, I'm coming back. And and then he finally did. So credit to him. He finally did it the once. But I just will never believe Nick Diaz is fighting until it is fight day. And it's like we said, technically, like, I mean, look at that Gogo Plata. Technically, that fight didn't even happen. That's a no contest. I mean, that's stricken from the record. So you, you, so that, you see what you started, Steven? Did you see what you did here? And I'm just saying, Nick Diaz's next fight could be in the metaverse for all we know. I think that's what Jed is saying. And he needs to be verified. The, the blockchain or whatever I needs need to be to verified. See, anyway. I need to physically watch him fight, sleep on it, wake up and be like, oh, like, that actually that happened. That actually happened. Okay. Well, listen, that's that's one vote for Diaz, Damon, one vote for Nganu, Jed. So, uh, Stephen, you're the tiebreaker because I'm, I'm not getting involved in this. So, what do you, of those two, who is more likely to box over the next 18 months? Yeah, I'm going to go Nganu because okay. I do think that, yeah, I think it's more likely that he actually boxes this whole special rules thing. First of all, you got the, the regulator issue, you know, the, the, the clash between promoters, you know, getting it actually you know, the, the, the big headache over what that could be, you know, what exactly the rules are and sanctioning will probably just make them go that the boxing route and Francis wants to box and Francis has the ability to box. He won't be Tyson Fury in a, in a boxing match, but he can do it. And um, yeah, I, I think that Nick Diaz, uh, I hope that it's the last we've seen of him. I don't know if he gets out of his contract uh, with the UFC, but I, I hope that we have, we've seen the last of him. That, and, I, and I say that with all due, due respect, but um, yeah, I, I, I can't, and I don't want to see him, you know, do any sort of combat sports. I want to see him in high rollers, maybe. That sounds, that sounds fun, but yeah. Francis Ngannou, Fox. Well, thank you, Steven. So there you go. Two to one, Ngannou again, like I said, I'm not getting involved. Uh, guys, let's, Let's wrap it up there. I think we've 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 crossed. We went from glorious all the way to grim, uh, talking about the best of the first half of 2022, and now what we think could possibly happen in uh, the next half of 2022 and maybe beyond, depending on on uh, how far-reaching some of these storylines are. So, uh, thank you, Damon. Thank you, Jed. Thank you, Stephen, for joining me on this. This has been super fun, uh, at times grueling podcast as we kind of uh, try to you know predict the future, and the future does not always look so bright for uh, for some of the fighters. But uh, some of the picks we made, guys. Uh, could be the same by the end of the year. could be totally different. And uh, our predictions, I'm sure all four, we're going to go four for four. So I cannot wait for listeners and uh, MMA fighting readers to come back to us and lavish us with praise at the end of the year about our amazing predictive abilities. So uh, thank you again, guys, for joining. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this show. And uh, we'll see you uh, again very soon. listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA.